Excuse me, Mr. Executive. Oh, you again. How's it going? Hey, I, hey, I got a great pitch this time. This time, it's 100% golden. We, we lost our shirts on your last picture, but go okay, ahead. Okay, well, here we go. One word, Batman. Mm-hmm. We get you, Batman. You, oh, I thought we had the rights to Batman. I got very excited. Oh, there no, no, no. This actor already ahead. did Batman. He already he was in it, but it's huge. What if you get Batman? Yeah, it's a very big picture. Yeah. yeah it's very successful. What if you get him, but instead of being Batman, he's just mm-hmm. a rich kid, also like Bruce Wayne, but instead of being good, he moves okay. into people's apartments and is uh, like the movie The Pest with John Leguizamo. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> that movie hasn't been made yet, so I don't know it. So yeah. Yes. By the way, uh, there's like 80 more floors to go. You guys can <laughs> just, I'm, just I'm, keep I'm just going. hitting buttons. Like get we're me on out a of this giant elevator. skyscraper. <laughs> door closed. That's why it's not moving. Also, can right. we, I, I want to put in a Matthew Modine who has the world's most punchable face. Yeah. Um, as the lead, how's that? Um, I wouldn't call him the lead uh, oh. because I've seen your script, but sure. And also uh, Olivia Diabo's Yabos. Woo-wee. See, that's where I would drop the boyoyoing if I had it. <laughs> Instead, I'll drop the theme. Welcome back to the Cable Boys, the internet's only podcast about movies. That's right, Justin. We are just three embodiments of a bad credit report who like to watch movies from our childhood that were inappropriate for one reason or another. Like 1990s cockamamie thriller. I mean, I haven't used that word in a long time, but it uh, works for this. Pacific Heights starring Michael Keaton. Matthew Modine and Melanie Griffith. Wow. Uh, when was the last time you used cockamamie? And please include the sentence. I, I don't I don't remember. I mean, I, I was sitting watching this movie and that you know when a word just pops into your head and then you like mm-hmm. look at the dictionary app to make sure, like, oh, is this exactly the word that I want? And cockamamie <laughs> is the word I want for this movie. It is one hundred percent accurate. Well, we are so so fortunate to have in the virtual studio here uh, acclaimed content creator, uh, giant mall fan, straight mm-hmm. from Schaumburg, Illinois, ghost hunter, puppet master, mm-hmm. wow. and tall drink of handsome, oh, nice. Shane Madey, everybody. Wow. Give it up. Oh, that's the sweetest intro anyone's ever given me. That's nice. I, you, you are so deserving of it. I meant every last syllable. Oh, oh heck. Um, Do you have an applause I, drop, right? I heard yeah, it. I, I heard it in there somewhere. <laughs> it kind of sounds like an ocean breeze, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a sea of fish. Uh, the ocean uh, welcomes you, Shane. Yep. I, I, I cannot thank you enough for inviting me uh, to do this, because I this movie... Um, 
well, I want to know: Is it? Can we just get right into it? I, Let's get I, right into it. Okay, yeah. I, let's dive you guys, in. Were you guys familiar with this movie? Had you seen it? You had. So I mm-hmm. saw this as a kid. Okay. Uh, also inappropriately, and I was trying to remember why I saw it, and was kind of looking forward to it. And I think it's because Michael Keaton was Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, in my head, and it's probably wrong, but in my head there was a lot of like hype coming out with this movie wow. and it, i think it might have been the first time i kind of recognized like like oh i like that actor from that thing like yeah. so i like batman so i don't know what pacific heights is. Let's watch See what it. he's up to yeah. i'm 10 yeah <laughs> I, I i definitely saw this as a kid i think for the exact same reasons and i probably lasted eight minutes into this movie as a kid yeah. there's a, i mean yeah, 45 seconds into the movie, it's Beverly D'Angelo's nipple right off the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. So, it had a, a great start. We should get, we, let's give it props before we tear it down. Yeah. Yeah. The Excellent first thing I wrote, just, just one of them. Um, <laughs> you get but, one. Uh, so I had, I had seen this when I was very, very young. And the only two things I remembered from it, so maybe I didn't see the whole thing, but I remember the, the scene where they fought on the stairs and mm-hmm. the scene at the very end with the nail gun. And for a lot of my life, um, I did not know what the movie was. It was one of those things where I'd be like, do you guys, like I would ask people like, do you know a movie where a man is trying to kill someone with a nail gun? And then he gets like (laughs) uh, murdered by being pulled on to the floor. And Mm -hmm. for the longest time, it just haunted me. And I eventually figured out what it was. But until this very moment, when we're all talking about it right now, I've never met a single person who has ever... (laughs) talked about this movie and last night was also the first time i've ever watched it in full it's like i've man i've kept it at bay this entire time uh, so this was like a huge i'm this is like a huge loop closing for me uh yeah this is a weight off your chest you have yeah. to feel just yeah. incredible it's um, your senior week yeah basically yeah 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 um and uh, you guys did the the poltergeist episode and that is like the opposite of that where i saw that when i was younger and i was very uh, rattled by it, but then you grow up and everybody talks about Poltergeist. You see it a bunch. You're like, ah, it's Poltergeist. I get it. This one was like, I for a long time I thought I had just imagined it. I was like, there were violent men on on some stairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there there was a, a razor blade. I'm not sure if he uses it or no, not. Never. Or if no. <laughs> it, I, he just likes to twirl it. It uh, has yeah. a a good texture on his fingertips. Mm-hmm. I mean, right I don't now even, we're. Th- Oh, please go ahead. I just don't even know where to begin with this because it's just a, <laughs> it's a crazy film. Yeah. Well, I right now we're, it. I just want to say we're the only podcast uh, that's about homeowner horror films. <laughs> yep. Yep. Are you guys, did you break out or is that bomb? I'm good. Uh, okay. You, you, you broke up for me, but I'll give you one of these. <laughs> I don't actually know what the punchline was, but boy, did it fit. <laughs> we'll hear it later. Uh, I remember this movie. It's funny. Like, like you said, it's like a, a weird, like this movie reminded me a lot of like Jacob's ladder. Yeah. And like that nineties mm-hmm. thriller kind of like late eighties, early nineties thriller thing, like, or like flatliners. Yeah. Like they're just all filmed that same way, but they all have like a weird, like dream essence to them where, year 10 years later you're like all i remember was fucking those big 
ice block glass things like the shower yeah. at the beginning. I remember cockroaches. I remember mm-hmm. a staticky TV. And that's like it. And I'm like, or, or like the last scene, like the nail gun. And so, yeah, I didn't really actually know what this movie was about. <laughs> like, right. I knew it was yeah. about a house guest, but like as far as like. Well, the house guest. Now that, now that's a film. <laughs> Um, (laughs) this, uh, yeah, the whole aesthetic of the thing is very, there was a lot, like, I think people are embracing a lot of nineties aesthetics now and Mm -hmm. for the past few years, but for the longest time I was really like grossed out by them. And I think this is like the, the prime example of that. Cause it feels very like sort of like a Rick Astley aesthetic to the whole thing, Mm -hmm. like a weird, like just foggy music video. All the lines are very white. Yeah, Yeah. A lot of smoke machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, from from that from that opening scene, uh, the uh, the thing you were talking about, Justin, just sort of like the face, like mm-hmm. smushed on this like uh, this weird uh, through the looking glass uh, type wall. I was just like, oh man, this is this is so visually striking, and I'm in for it, and I can't wait. And then uh, then like we went down in the basement, and it was dark, and like we had some shots through uh, a little crack in the floor, and then it was just that over and over again yeah. <laughs> just like going back to the well of just like a creepy basement and it's like it's a little bit less creepy when i've seen it eight times mm-hmm. i was now, i was yeah. right from the jump with the way i was like impressed by the i mean the camera work was just sort of needlessly <laughs> kind of all over the like there's a scene in the middle where they're just having a conversation and it's just spinning around yeah. them. Yes, and i was anyone. like but I was like, well, at least they're, you know, they're trying something. Yeah, there's uh, like weird POV, like rushing the uh-huh. camera, rushing towards something. I just want to say, like, I had to look up. I, I definitely saw this movie, like I said, as a kid, but hadn't thought about it until yesterday. And I had to look up on Wikipedia to even know, huh? Like, what's going yeah, on? What's going- like, why yeah. is he? And I got, so Michael Keaton is essentially a grifter, right? Mm-hmm. Who? Yes whose plan is to like move in and trash the place. So they sell it at a low, like they are like, Oh, we got to get out of this. Let's just sell it for cheap. Bro. There are easier ways to make money. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like very for elaborate. one. And, and I have one big overall question that, 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 because I don't want to take a, I got other scenes that make you go, Hmm, but this is a big one, which is, was Michael Keaton living there? No, it felt like he wasn't. Like, it felt like he came in and out. Okay. But he was always there at night. Like, yeah. there, there's just things that, like, oh, I don't know where you're sleeping. Like, why are you right. this is just so, like, again, there's easier ways to make money. I well, mean, it's very funny if, like, he's this super genius who figured out how to... Uh, how to like get desperate people out of their cash, but then also like has a bad back because he like takes away all the furniture and has to sleep <laughs> right. on the hardwood floor. It, it reminded me, Justin, remember when we thought of that movie idea about the people who wanted to like rob the bank or something, but they didn't have any of the oh, tools yeah. to do it. So <laughs> right, they had to keep yeah. like uh, stealing a ladder and then they like all the mm-hmm. problems that go with that. Then they're like, oh, we need a... a a chain a saw like a, yeah. to cut the safe like it felt like that it's like so you had to go get like three thousand cockroaches like at some point <laughs> as a character aren't you like eh, fine it's not worth it <laughs> like, well it's also like what is like that guy who's staying with him he doing for the longest time i was like oh he, let's get I, out of it well in my head i was like oh they're 
I don't know. Like again, the reality of the movie and what I remembered, I was like, is there like a weird like murder torturey thing inside there? And it's, no, he just cut out the nice like built-ins that they had. The to fixtures, lower the yeah. Value, I guess, which is weird. Like they never he, see he, it. I don't know. I think it's twofold. I think he's also he's also taking out like the the copper wiring and stuff. And so oh. like every he he basically yeah. he basically pays no rent. He guts the house. He makes them crazy. Uh, he, I think, uh, I think the, my favorite part about it is that he's so good at convincing people to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like that, that is part of his plan is to, uh, uh, to, to roughly like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to play it. Seems to make you go. <laughs> this uh i think the very first scene that made me go hmm was the opening scene because like we we see these guys like driving through the desert they've got a bat that like falls at their feet uh then we go straight to the tits out the gate uh much appreciated thank you john schlesinger mm-hmm. uh and then uh he just gets fucking annihilated yeah. and like they're they're just like you're screwing everybody you son of a bitch well that should do it uh, later. And, and then he says, uh, the worst part's over now. We'll go away. We'll visit my family. You'll like my family. Um, but that means that like later she says like uh, 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 his girlfriend says that he's the smartest man I've ever met. He's a genius. But like if he's such a genius, he should make a plan where he's not just like rocked in the jaw like multiple <laughs> multiple times a, a scene. He has to go to the hospital to get like a little bit of money. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also is so confident in his ability to get beat up that it seems like he calls the police ahead of time because there's yeah, a, did, yeah. the scene where they <laughs> fight on the stairs, the police pull up like as he's falling <laughs> yeah it, I, there's things about it that are clever like i think a lot of this stuff's kind of clever of like oh he's totally playing them he has two steps ahead but then you're like wait how much is your family paying you to stay away why is that not enough? Right. it doesn't right. seem like there's like loan sharks after him or like some need to like whatever it's just also which one of he is he in this picture behind me I, I, oh, I forgot the about the right? monkey Great picture. Question. Fucking monkey, him and his brother with a yeah. monkey. <laughs> like, yeah, did he I says did I, something? I, no, I mean, it, I, you did I, not. I did write for the first five minutes. I just wrote ice question mark. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes that. Well, no. I mean, come on. Uh, also, like, she sticks her hand into a wet. whole fucking like drink, like the orange juice, and it's like. <laughs> and I wrote a monkey question mark, and I wrote an unfurnished apartment question mark. Like, have you ever seen those glass things in the apartment? That's just, I, that's like for basement windows. Yeah, I hate them. No, that's a very like eighties aesthetic. Yeah. Like it's that was very, an ugly apartment. It's a very ugly apartment, but like, yeah. yeah. Well, I watch a lot of house shows. Those show up a lot. <laughs> like mm. on renovations, I'm like, holy shit. Locked, but yeah, he definitely he definitely says, "We'll visit my family. You'll mm-hmm. like my family." And the lingering shot is of two boys and a monkey, and, a monkey. and like we're <laughs> like we have no choice but to be like, "Well, that's his entire family." Like, <laughs> his papa's a monkey. A whole backstory that we just don't have, or they cut. Like, I wonder if they cut a 
big scene of like i hope so it could it could only be improved if like every time they zoomed in on it you just heard like an echoing like chimp scream (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say though i now thinking about it i do kind of appreciate that there's just a photo of a monkey and you know (laughs) you you fill in the blanks um the back to him being a genius I don't know if you guys took issue with this. I was surprised because I knew the shape of the movie because I've, like I said, I've, I was, I had finally figured out what it was and I've spent years reading about it. Um, uh, but I guess I assumed up top, especially if he's like a genius con man, that he would try to maybe, um, fool them for a little bit or like, a little bit. sure, and sure. He Work it in got, a little like, bit. He gets in there and then he like, that's it. He, then yeah. he's suddenly like smoking in the garage and and playing with <laughs> razor blades. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, he's cr- crazy. I think as Laurie Metcalf says, some people are just evil or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, again, from like my memory of the false memory of the movie, I thought like, yeah, he befriended them and was like kind of like ingratiated himself and then slowly starts to turn crazy. And they're like, wait, what's the... He's just crazy from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. Which is... Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, but and then, he offers uh, like straight up cash. He offers like six months rent and Matthew Modine is just like, oh, really? I, I could either take like those hundred dollar bills that you flashed from your yeah. wallet or a hamburger on Tuesday. Yeah. Like the Four, entire amount. Four hundred dollars made Matthew Modine lose his mind. He runs a kite factory, so I don't know. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Can we I also talk about, about how the are they kite. buying this house? I was like, oh, this is this movie is actually about the beginning of the uh, home market crash, right? Yeah, they were like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. She doesn't have a job. She's like, oh, maybe I'll put self-employed. That's not even that wouldn't even you wouldn't even take that for the downstairs apartment you're renting. Yeah. Like you're gonna go get this house? What are you out of your mind? Yeah, the whole thing about the house and like the price and stuff was really fascinating. Because the movie, like, spoiler, the way the movie ends is they sell it to somebody else and right. make a small profit. But it made me so mad because I was like, what? You're selling a house in fucking San Francisco yeah. for 900000 Do you know how much that's going to be? It's like watching a movie where at the end the guy's like, I sold all my Bitcoin for uh, $50. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was that the real horror. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that, exactly. That's a real horror movie. I, and I also did the math or the inflation of uh, Michael Keaton's apartment. They rent him the studio for a thousand. Uh, today's dollars, that's just under twenty one hundred a month. Which he's also forty during this movie. He's forty yeah. years old. It's there's just so much stuff of like he says he makes two hundred grand. He's forty. It's like why are you renting a studio apartment? He drive he drives a Porsche, but he's like, you know what? Like, yeah, he's <laughs> insanely rich. He drives a Porsche, and he's like, but I also just like I like community. I want I want the feeling of roommates without yeah. actually having them. Yeah, same thing with the cop, like the who or it turns out to be the cop. Right, you're like you renting a studio apartment, like. Mm-hmm. Well, he yeah. just got divorced. He yeah, doesn't know like his way around the kitchen. He's like a detective. Like, like, he's also, like, like don't live money. in the city. Like live in Alameda or somewhere where it's cheaper <laughs> yeah. at this point. You know, like, this movie. If 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 we discovered that this movie was the first ever written by AI, I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was actually <laughs> reading that the guy who wrote this uh, did it after he had a tenant who was renting mm-hmm. from him who he couldn't get rid of. 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if it was to the degree in the film if he uh, murdered a man with a nail gun. Or... <laughs> well, well, during this pandemic, that's happening a lot right now. Is all yeah. these people who all the Airbnb people who fucking mm-hmm. got caught in it and were just like not leaving. I saw something about some like poor family who like have some like like. Uh, I, lady that crazy like, story leave. yeah i read that yeah. story that was nuts we just had um down the hall from us a a fam i want to say family but again it was a, a scenario where it was like i don't know who's living here they moved in during the pandemic we kept seeing multiple people coming in and out of uh the apartment and then i i noticed i hadn't seen anybody for i think a couple of weeks and then we were kind of walking back to our place and we saw just a bunch of notices tied to the door. And uh, we went and looked and it was, they were getting, whoever was there was getting evicted. Um, and this is, I mean, this is also, I'm putting this on the leasing office because uh, it was a one bedroom apartment. But on the notice, there were four different names, none of which were the same family or the same last name, I should just say. And they owed, it was like, you need to pay back rent they owed fourteen thousand dollars oh i don't think they ever paid it once it adds up i think california is extremely uh in favor of tenants when it comes to situations like that so i mean that scans for this film um yeah yeah i was actually surprised that that they addressed that in the movie yeah like the cops Mm -hmm. like the tenant rights and blah 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 and i was like wow (laughs) but here's the thing about the movie i think overall why it didn't work for me, which is, it's not a bad premise, right? It's an okay, right. it's a pretty de- yeah. decent premise. I've never seen this before. Like, you can't get rid of a tenant. And, and as our beloved hero, Roger Ebert, once said, it's not what a movie, it's not what a movie is about. It's how it's about, right? So the premise is fine. It's the logic and how everybody mm-hmm. goes about dealing with this problem that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, the movie should have been called, hey, try something else, Matthew Modine. Like, <laughs> Modine yeah. Modine's got to rein it in. He, yeah, <laughs> you just are flying off the handle. It's like, I don't know, go. But but even the screenwriter, I thought like, oh, a more interesting movie would have been halfway through <clears throat> the couple figuring out what Michael Keaton is doing and then turn the tables on him. Mm-hmm. Make it so it, it's terrible for him to live there or something. Like instead, we're just getting the same scene over and over again. They kind of bar- like- they kind of barely do it at the end, but it feels mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not as interesting as if as if they sort of did it on their own playing field. Yeah. Because the way she sneaks into his hotel is kind of weird. I know it's so. It's like what? Yeah. And then um, to to sort of shoot down one more time that Michael Keaton's character is a genius, like Shane said correctly. Like, hey man, work the con a little bit. Like, don't, it's like sex. Like, you got to romance them. You got to, like, you know, get their trust, not just, you know, whip it out within five yeah. seconds. And like our hero, the great Roger Ebert said, you got to tease it a little bit. Don't you? <laughs> you got to you you know, do a little tap and they love that. Uh, he tricks Matthew Modine a little bit and saying, like, I spoke to your wife already. Yes. And then he sows, like, confusion among them. He's like, oh, he, the guy, he said he spoke to you. And he never did that. Then when Michael Keaton and Melanie Griffith meet for the first time, he tries it again. He's like, I came here a couple of weeks ago. And she's like, no. And he's like, ah, yeah. You know, it's like, and then we, they talked a little bit and then she's leaving and he goes, nice to meet you. 
was like, bro, you just like tried <laughs> to sell over and over again that you had already met them or her. It's like, you're not even good at your own con. Yeah. I mean, the the only reason it worked is just because he found the one couple where Matthew Modine is going to take the word of a stranger in yes. a Porsche over his girlfriend. Who wouldn't? But what, what I was saying is, like, the movie's weird and, like, again, false memory. I thought, like, there was a—I thought he did take control of the house and, like, they get kicked down. They have to, like, find a way back in, which is mm-hmm. not what happens, which is a better movie. Um but he kind of does because of the restraining order. Yes, the restraining order. It'll but then fun. fucks it all up. So it's like basically he's on his path, but then he shoots Matthew Modine. I know. And then just takes off. And I'm like, that's the end of the movie. Like, yeah, he sure when, does. When the cops like, yeah, don't go after him. I'm like, yeah, don't go after him. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> I feel like, and I'm I have know nothing of the law or anything. But can you? How do you get a restraining order where you can't go to your own house? I mean, I know I if a wife, well. if a spouse does it sure but it's not his spouse it's like because now it's his the tenant's place and the tenant has the restraining order against him so yeah it's a weird i don't know did you notice when he was uh when he did get the restraining order and he and modine had to had to peace out for a bit um (laughs) his wife or wife to be had just had a miscarriage the day before Mm -hmm. yeah and then she calls him and she's like and he's like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And he's like making pizza with the guy. <laughs> Again, AI wrote this because no human yeah. is, is acting the way they should. Yeah. We cut to Matthew Modine in that place making pizza. Yeah, it's great. Uh, speaking of Modine on the couch, Kevin, you want to drop uh, scenes real quick? Scenes to make you go. Uh, my scene that makes you go, hmm, is, uh, one of them at least, is when Matthew Modine is recovering from being shot and he's in, uh, he's he's recuperating on the couch and Melanie Griffith is sort of taking care of him. And she basically is like, I know you're not feeling well, so here, I'm going to put blankets on you and stuff. And then I'm going to crank Temple of the Dog or Soundgarden yes. or whoever. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's uh that's that's another like 90s aesthetic uh-huh. thing where I'm like just like sort of a grungy apartment just blasting rock music from like a old television. It's just so un uncozy. I'm a I'm a man of comfort and to see him there with like just glasses strewn all about him and stuff. I was like this is not cozy. This is not making me feel good. Um yeah. And really, I think it's just set up for him to be caught unawares when, when, uh, what's his, Car- Carter Hayes? Carter that Hayes. Yeah. yeah. Carter Hayes. Yeah. When he shows up. And Drake Goodman. Uh, and Drake Goodman. pretty cool too. Yeah. I yeah. love, I love, I love, uh, when the good character is known as Goodman. Yep. I yep. love, I love a nice on the nose, uh, character. Who, by the title. way, is not that good of a guy. No. I was, again, watching this uh, under the influence of two things, a gummy and uh, getting my first vaccine shot, which left me a little loopy. And at some point, I was kind of like watching this, and then I was like, did this guy just drop a Jewish slur? Did he? Did he in the film? There's some very questionable things in this film. Yeah. 
uh, I think he did, right? He's um, they're at the horse stables because she's like an equestrian uh-huh. person. Oh yeah, and she goes like, "How was work?" And he goes, "Oh, you know, it's a blank eat blank world." I, I did I mishear that? that? I mean, it's possible. I don't I, know. I'll I watched wait, this on Pluto, oh. and even if they had closed captions, I'm sure they didn't type that in. Wait. I, I'm not entirely sure what slur you're referring to, but knowing that he works in a kite factory. Oh. <laughs> wow. Is, was that? <laughs> that makes sense. It's that makes more kite, sense. Kite world. That, uh, wow, that solves it. Yeah. But he did, like, uh, it wouldn't be out of the question because, like, several scenes earlier... When he's talking about the detective, who he was, he was yeah. like, "Well, you know, these minorities or something." Yeah, yeah. I, I like, think that that's what? why that was in my head. Oh, and yeah. I, I don't think I ever paid attention that he worked at a kite factory. I didn't give a shit. But I was like, <laughs> "But that <laughs> does make sense now." That I was, was like, "That was." Oof. I paid wow. a lot of attention to that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, who owns a, a fucking kite factory? <laughs> as your only and there's thing. like. Also, can you imagine going to the kite factory and just hearing your boss scream in his yeah. office? It's like, what does he have to scream about? Doesn't even know how to make a kite. <laughs> bought a kite factory. I was going to say, I'd never heard that as a phrase before. Yeah. No. Uh, um, yeah. Also, That's when really he gets funny. beaten by with that fucking golf club, he must be right. pulling his fucking swings because that would kill a dude. Oh, dude, a baseball bat, a golf club, all these things all would the, kill yeah. you. You would be dead. You, you're, not, you're not bouncing back from any of this stuff. Yeah, I and, think get, and getting of, shot in the face. By the way, I don't yeah. care if it's like <laughs> what he might like a twenty-two or something, but still, right? Didn't he shoot him in the cheek? No. Shot him in the arm and the shot cheek. The right? I thought it was the arm because then he then his arm was not usable, so he could mm-hmm. ma- like a genius uh, put a crowbar in his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for some reason he can't say I didn't put this in my hand he just gets arrested <laughs> he's just like I'm gonna go live with my friend for a while God damn it. good luck Carter's so good got me again Carter give me the police please something's gotta change Drake you and me in this place it's just not working Why do you expect me to say that, Patty? Fine. Nice knowing you. That's not what I meant. I don't know what I expect anymore. Maybe that's part of the problem. I'm sorry I talked you into buying this place. You didn't talk me into anything. Hi, I didn't want to uh, intrude, but I heard the ambulance last night and called the hospital. I told him what happened. God. Nature can be so cruel sometimes. It's uh it's funny you guys keep talking about how uh it feels like AI writes this. Mm-hmm. Uh so you talked about Daniel Pine, who uh is the screenwriter. Uh I read an in- interview with him. And he said that I think of characters and of beginnings, but generally I imagine the character in the broadest outline. Then when I start to write them, they become defined. 
Uh, they also just said that uh, he does not structure his scripts initially. If a particular structure is there, it is not by design. The, <laughs> c- <laughs> the scenes are highly detailed rather than skeletal, at least at first, don't conform to a screenplay's world of interiors and exteriors. He basically just like goes like, hey, I came up with some characters and I just yeah. let them run. <laughs> like, I'm, just, boy, I'm imagining every every page he finishes yeah. of his screenplay, him just going, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just so where are we going? That, that makes so much sense. Yes. It's unbelievable. Because I could yeah. see him writing this and at page 50 being like, more movie, more movie. What else? All right. So he goes to the Marriott. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's, crazy. his scam is like scamming old ladies. <laughs> like... I wonder though. I did oh, wonder man. if the because he was out so much, if the the old lady con was going on concurrently, like That's if he was like, like ducking out to go see her, mm-hmm. coming back to punch some holes in the wall yeah. with his buddy. I maybe, but this is a good time to do uh our segment when the gummy hits. Oh. Love it. This is nuts. When Melanie Griffith is doing the recon and she's mm-hmm. figuring out who the rich person is and she's going through the all the stuff and they come across an address where she lives. The address is 1014 North Crescent Drive, Beverly Hills. I have been in 1014 <gasps> North Crescent Drive numerous times. Oh. I know the family. I know I've been in that house. I Is it the same is it the same house in the movie? No, it's, it's not the, the same. No, it's not the okay. same house, but it's also the same kind of like cuz there's a husband wife, right? That she's looking at and the husband's mm-hmm. gone. Sort of mm-hmm. kind of the same family. I was like, maybe the writer is friends with them or something. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I would in the past do catering, one of my sh- gigs was I went and helped this extremely rich family who are also the s- sweetest people I've ever met in my life and, and paid me very handsomely. Um, but they, that's their address. That's their home. I fucking I shot up again. I was on I was higher than a kite, <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, like what the fuck?" <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it was the same address. That's scary. By the way, these people. This is how rich they are. Not to put their business on blast. I don't think they listen to the podcast. Uh, they have uh, a Warhol in the uh, guest bathroom. Wow. Oh, yeah. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. I in the know. guest oh, bathroom. In the not guest even bathroom. The, not a, even the master bathroom. No guest bathroom where guests shit is a is a legit <laughs> is a legit Warhol. And there's Matisse. There's Matisse's everywhere. There, I mean, but again, they're very sweet and stuff. But I couldn't believe that that was the address. Is Melanie Griffith a good actress? Because I feel like she's ah. pretty bad in this. That's a great she's, question, Justin. She's an actress I've always had. I, like I feel like I'm have a relative cultural blind spot with her. I've definitely seen her in stuff, but I I don't know her work enough to really like. I think she was in a movie called Crazy in Alabama, which I saw <laughs> 20 minutes of once. I'm trying. Whatever. Her, what are her other like main jams? I don't. She she's in one of my favorite movies of all time, which is called Something Wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, but that's that's a movie that's been on my to watch list for uh, like 10 years. It's fantastic. Uh, it's her and Jeff Daniels, right? That's right. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, her her most celebrated role was in Working Girl. Working Girl, yes. Working Girl, where I think she won an Oscar. Yeah, and she also like 
I I think she has been in and out of doing doing well. Uh, she uh, has a very addictive personality and a very very sad history. Um, she grew up with uh, lions. Yep. Yeah, uh, that was a story that I was gonna uh, say. Uh, so her mom is Tippi Hedren, uh, who was the actress oh, in The Birds, who's also in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I was, was also in the why movie. She was in the film, yes, that, that makes sense. <laughs> she is, uh, she's the uh, older lady who is being tricked. Um, uh, doesn't have any lines. Uh, that that's that, that's what you got to do if you get like an old Hollywood icon. You just <laughs> really gotta let him say as little as possible. We're gonna need a drop for uh, the Ringer because I mean, Tippy Hedren oh, was man. a star, and then yeah. now you're in this thing and you have no lines. So Tippy Hedren. Uh, <laughs> was uh, in a film with Griffith uh, in 1981 called Roar. It was an exploitation film uh, that was directed by uh, Melanie Griffith's stepfather at the time, Noel Marshall. Uh, In the film, she portrayed the daughter of animal keepers uh, whose various wild animals turn on them. Later, like this was basically a Hedron Marshall production uh, so her mom and her stepdad made uh, what is considered to be some one of the most dangerous films of all time. And she was mauled by a lion. Yeah. She I've... was in a film with a lion and needed reconstructive surgery. And her mom and her stepdad put her in that situation. So a little a little more context than that. Tippi Hedren was Tiger King before Tiger King. Yeah. And she still, to this day, owns, or she might not be living anymore, but the the trust probably still owns a tiger, a wildcat facility up in north of uh, L.A. Have you guys seen Roar? That's another movie that you need to watch. No. I watched it, uh, the silent theater here in L.A. screened it like a couple years ago. And it is maybe the hardest I've ever laughed beginning (laughs) to end of a movie. It's supposed to be, I don't know how you described it, Kevin, but it's really supposed to be like a family adventure film. But it's with real lions. They're everywhere yeah. and you can't control them. <laughs> and and people, they're trying to do real scenes and the lions just will <laughs> climb up on people. And you could see people being like, well, we're going to go to the, the bank today. And <laughs> like, I could not stop laughing. It was so funny. And and then you read about like, yeah, like nine stuntmen got their heads ripped off. Like it was just Jesus. insanity. I would yeah, say, though, with, are... to answer Justin's question. I think she is I, good. She's think, bad in this, though. Yeah, she's not. She's like to me, she's like Harrison Ford. Uh, she's very likable. Mm-hmm. A lot of charisma. She's beautiful. Can't really act. Like Harrison Ford can't really act. He's just kind of like a big hunky guy. Have you seen Regarding Henry? Yeah, he stinks. He's not a good actor. <laughs> he stinks. I to to her credit, I think she was I feel like she was doing a better job than Modine, which could be because yeah. he was just yelling a lot of the time. But yeah. there's a scene with him and Keaton at the beginning where they're like confronting each other by the garage outside. And it's just the most wooden, it's maybe the most wooden Keaton's ever been too, which is uh-huh. weird because he's great. Yeah, he's um, awesome. And, not good and Modine, Modine, I think, is just bringing him down a bit because they're both just sort of staring at each other robotically. Um, <laughs> the three of them are in, are in three different movies, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Like Modine's in this like fucking intense like 70s like 
I'm fucking going crazy, man. And then fucking Melly Griffiths in this very small and just kind of be like this. And, and I don't know what fucking movie Michael Keaton's in. He's fucking. He's still in Night Shift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you guys know about Melanie Griffith's uh, marriage to Don Johnson at all? Yeah. Yeah, I I had no idea. Um, Melanie Griffith again, like Tippy Hedren is just like taking her around uh, to <laughs> to basically everything. Her first two on screen appearances were as an extra. The second was in the Herod Experiment or the Herod Experiment, Herod, nineteen nineteen seventy three, uh, where she meets Don Johnson, who is like the kid lead. Don Johnson is twenty two. Melanie Griffith, 14. And the star of that movie is just like, hey, extra, (laughs) who is 14 years old. uh, How about you move in to my Hollywood uh, house with me? And Tippy is just like, yeah, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, if you're 14 and your bunkmate is a lion, you're probably like, yeah, I'll go move (laughs) in. That's true. We keep talking about that uh, roommate, that just like oh, creepy yeah. roommate who, uh, like, we we mostly see through a door uh, a door chain that's always like halfway across his face. Uh, do you know who that is? No, no, he's got it's Buffalo L- Bill vibes. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, his name is Luca Bercavici. Uh, plays the plays the character of Greg. Luca. Hey is the writer and director of the film, The Ghoulies. Oh, isn't that weird? Like what, what is I, it was the last thing that I expected when I opened up his IMDb page, but yeah, he, uh, that was his directorial debut. It was, uh, one of the top grossing independent films of 1985, uh, he's like he's been in a lot of like in a lot of acting roles with like heavy hitters. He was in like Parasite with Demi Moore, American Flyers with Kevin Costner, Clean and Sober with both uh, Morgan Freeman and Michael Keaton. Then this, and then he was in fucking Drop Zone. Wesley hmm. Snipes. That's all in the theaters, man. Yeah, not a bad picture. Yeah. Uh, the, the I researched a lot about the Ghoulies just because I care about it. <laughs> Uh, I, my, I, I only wrote down like one, one main thing that I thought was hysterical. It originally was supposed to be in 3d, Mm. uh, and, but like, but not the entire film. It was going to, it was going to be like half and half 3d and the way that you would, uh, the way that the audience would know to put on their 3d glasses is one of, uh, someone on uh, camera would put on sunglasses. <laughs> and so that was your visual cue and they got three days into shooting and they were like, scrap it. This isn't worth it. It's like, <laughs> it's like way like, too much work. Like one of the, gu- so- the ghoulie puppets is like, yeah. <laughs> get good. But yeah, that's that's why like everyone is wearing sunglasses throughout the film. They just like didn't switch it up. That's very that's really good. Funny. Can we uh, can we do the beat off? Uh yes, we can. I'm gonna come. The, the beat off is the segment where we've got more than one sexy scene and we uh, pit them against each other. <clears throat> well, the first scene we got 
Beverly D'Angelo, who's uncredited in this, which is really, yeah, yeah, it's a weird, right? That that has to be oh, a personal call. She's yeah, uncredited. First, yeah, yeah, she's uncredited. Because at first, I, when it happened, I was like, "Oh, is that her?" And then I went to IMDb and to look up the movie, and I, I didn't see her in the cast list. And then I looked up her, and it showed up, but it said uncredited. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. So we got that. Michael Keaton's putting ice cubes and hummus on her body and sort of ruining the bed sheets. And uh, so there's that. This is going to be a tough one. Yeah. That that should be the winner. But yeah. you're right. Uh, if if I'm doing laundry that day, yeah. uh, maybe yeah. it's it's not so sensual. And the second one is that Porsche baby. <laughs> Just that, that Porsche. Is a, no. Just the Porsche? Car. I mean, that, Just the, the car? Porsche is a sexy car. I respect the matchup here. I thought it was going to be kissing Tippi Hendren on a boat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so she shows up just to get kissed. That, <laughs> speaking of that, does Melanie Griffith have binocular eyes? I mean, that boat yeah. was way out there. It's like you're seeing it like up close, and she's just like, oh, okay. I see what's going on here. Like, how, how did I, you see that? I also want to add one one more nominee, which is uh, it's unseen on camera, but like every time they close the door and lock it and there's just sounds of drills, I'm just going to assume those are sex toys. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton and that guy are just going for it. No, Mr. Watanabe doing Tai Chi in the rain. That's a good one. <laughs> just, oh, was that all, him in the rain? All wet, yeah. Just doing fucking tai chi. That I was also like, oh, oh, that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna come like Michael Keane's gonna attack and he's gonna fight him off with like his karate. No, no they just move out. <laughs> like, no, why have that shot? <laughs> that they actor, were the only. They were the only people in the movie that did anything logical. They were like, we're getting the fuck yeah. They were out the of most here. sensible people. Yeah, um, that actor was Mako, who played. Uh, he was Uncle Iroh in the Last Airbender, and he was. Um, uh, Splinter in 2007's Ninja Turtles. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. What, a, what a storied career. I mean, yeah. like, those two alone, and you can retire. That's Yeah, that's I, I was kind of rooting for them. That They were like the protagonists for me. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they moved out. The yeah, they're like, we don't want to be in the movie anymore. Good <laughs> yeah. luck with everything. Really? Not the Porsche, though? The Porsche is beautiful. What, what, what is your favorite car? What, what, what are your guys' dream car? <laughs> Did you talk about this when you're like little? When you're like, like creepy messing kids, like, oh, what kind of car are you gonna own? Yeah, like what kind of car are you gonna own? I always picked a Porsche. I've always had real bad. Like I am not a car person, so when I was young in the '90s, I was like, it would be cool to own a Plymouth Prowler because it looks like something mm-hmm. the mask would drive. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I probably wouldn't want that anymore. But Porsches, I don't know. They seem cool. They they're small though, right? I have like yeah. real long legs, so I feel like I probably wouldn't fit well in one. Yeah, I remember liking like Ferrari Testarossas, but then like oh yeah, that was like that was a big one. Yeah, like those are always posters and like in Spencer's gifts and stuff. But then like as I grew up, and I was like, oh, those are like fucking like paddle shifters. I don't know how to fucking do that. Like. Oh. I can just see myself winning the lottery and buying one and being like, great, it just sits in my fucking driveway now because I don't know how to fucking drive it. Yeah, I think I think every kid growing up, it was, uh, you're driving a Ferrari Testarossa, you're living in New York City, and you're married to Betsy Bricker. Mm-hmm. That's, local. I, I, That's a local uh, call, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> 13 kids. I feel, like, I feel like that car was so sexy in the film that even, like, even the two main people were they were like that's a smoking hot car yeah, <laughs> yeah. no they were they were, they were, they were into it yeah yeah 
But I guess now that we're bringing it up is like, how did he afford that car? Again, was that a family car? Again, like uh, I think a smarter writer would be like, then they follow. They she looks at that car and you find out that he's borrowing it. Every, like he's a valet and he like goes and borrows it and like comes and like to try to impress him something. You know, like where it's like, no, you just have a fucking Porsche. Well, right. I, I think you guys are forgetting that he doesn't write the script. The characters surprise him, and that's how he knows yeah. he's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, he did uh, initially have the the Watanabe's uh, come save the day, but they didn't want to. They <laughs> they were like, "No, we're moving they out." Made up he's their like, minds. All right, I get it. You're sensible. Uh, what can I do? He's writing the script. He's like, "Where are they going? No, <laughs> <laughs> we need you." Let's. Go to reviews. The aforementioned Roger Ebert gave this film two stars. He wrote, As a story idea, Pacific Heights has a certain appeal. The movie's problem is in its execution. I never much liked the young couple or believe they liked one another. And I didn't get to see enough Keaton in the early stages of the movie because he was always behind a closed door. The rhythm of the movie is established early and repeated until it gets predictable. Keaton commits an outrage. Modine starts to froth at the mouth. Griffith tries to restrain him. Modine goes too far. Keaton wins another victory. Uh, yeah. And then he just says more about how he hit every cliche in the book, in, including just like guy in the there darkness, is, just like watching. There's no, like, there's no shape to the film. No. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like it plateaus early and keeps doing it, which is crazy too because Michael Keaton is like so good at um, like playing sort of the appeasing. Like he could he could really turn it. Like in that first scene where he's trying to rent from him, you're like, okay, I can kind of buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's weird that they don't take advantage of that. Granted, he wrote this script probably before Keaton was on board, but once he got Keaton. You know, write some other scenes, but I guess Carter just didn't want to. Just didn't want to do it. Carter, Carter, Hayes Carter was literally Carter Hayes didn't want to be in the movie as much. Yep. He was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like yeah. Every it it was just a confused movie. Every scene where it's just like them poking out behind like the door and then shutting it real quick and then like listening at the door like with the drill like all next to each other, their heads just like nearly kissing and then going back to work. They they were played like comic beats rather than mm-hmm. like actually building any sort of tension. Which, which I totally forgot about the fucking Orkin man. That whole scene, yeah. And what? Yeah. It's just a fucking comedy bit in the middle of the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> which point. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Like, it's funny and smashing real cockroaches. Yeah, I wonder when I was watching that, I was like, is this immoral? <laughs> like, I, yeah, you know, it, was weird. So. it definitely had a weird feel to it. I'm just like, there you didn't also, need the scene, so you didn't need to kill those insects. There was also a thing at the end where, like, he's rehabilitating and he's just like watching TV and they cut to a infomercial. But it's clearly like it's clearly not just random stock footage. They like filmed a funny infomercial mm. <laughs> And just like a, stuck it in there, like it to, was it was faux faux pony furniture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. faux pony hides as furniture. I would like this and movie I, more if you told me David Lynch wrote it and directed yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, then I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. It's this weird. Yeah, but it's, that's not what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we didn't even discuss that weird dream sequence in the middle. Oh, yeah. oh man. There's a lot of weird stuff in this movie. It's a very, I'm so glad that this movie is as strange as I've always hoped it was. Yeah. 
Um, Because it counteracts, like, when I saw it when I was young, it was just, I just remember being, I think it uh, stuck with me so much because I was like, are adults just, do they just yell and are violent? Like, is this what adulthood is? Will they even, (laughs) do adults throw each other down the stairs and smile when they bleed? Um, So it's nice that, that, uh, you know, I wish I had seen the rest of it when I was younger because I think even then I would have realized, like, Okay, well, this is insane. This is nonsense. There's a monkey. What's happening? (laughs) We'll never know. We'll never know. His monkey dad. All right, now we have our heralded segment, Everyone's a Critic. Everyone's a critic where we find someone who did not like this movie on Amazon, and then we read what they do like via a five-star review. First, we have Doreen Appleton. One star, silliness. She writes, a movie that starts well enough with Michael Keaton as the tenant from hell who is bankrupting his landlords, but the ending is so jejun and disorganized that you feel you've watched two hours of pure silliness. Jejun, wow. Jejun. And yeah, jejun, wow. That's another (laughs) slur. (laughs) <laughs> kite it's kite oh. kite kite <laughs> uh, hard t hard t uh doreen also gave five stars to wizard of oz she writes castration oh though the theme of the movie is castration the lion without courage the tin man without a heart the scarecrow without a brain there is one interesting instance of the opposite of castration the grafting of ruby slippers onto dorothy's feet there they are and there they'll stay this is a subtlety not noticed by the casual viewer pauline kale over here yeah <laughs> jejun what a jejun jejun someone thinks they're clever yeah, uh, she 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 also gave five stars to American Masters Johnny Carson King of Late Night Blu-ray. Well, you Her admit, subject, he was the king of late night. Yeah, he was the king. Uh, you have to admit it. Uh, she writes in the subject line genitals. The body of her review is as follows. It's interesting that some of the male guests display their genitals. Richard Benjamin, Jerry Seinfeld, Mel Brooks intentionally kept their legs apart. Five stars. We have, I'm I'm being serious here. We have to reach out to this person and have them on as a guest. (laughs) We, there's, we can't, we have to, we have to. Uh, (laughs) Next we have Andrew Ellington. One star, no highs to speak of. Here's the thing. A thriller in order to be effective, needs to make sense. You can't have a film that borders on the ridiculous, or in this case, just jumps right in, expect to attain any respect, and it certainly can't expect to deliver on its promise. That is where Pacific Heights went wrong. It lacks believability, and it dives headfirst into stupidity. Andrew Ellington gave five stars to the film Birdman. Another Michael Keaton picture. Uh, In it, Andrew writes, the subject, you're going to hear me squawk. The body. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I get it. (laughs) 
Uh, when I was in fifth grade, I won the lead of our school's production of The Life of Johann Sebastian Bach. I was a young kid who felt somewhat like an outcast, who didn't really have many friends and didn't really fit in anywhere. I hated sports. I was mostly picked on by the jocks. The few friends that carried over with me from grade school had found other pockets of peers to sit with at lunch. I mostly stayed to myself. I didn't really know that I could sing. It was a musical. Or that I could act until we were brought in for tryouts. It was pretty much mandatory that everyone in my grade go and read the same lines and sing the same song. I read my lines. I sang my song, and then I went back to class. Then two weeks later, I was sat down in front of the whole grade and handed a script and told that I had the part of Bach. WTF. The whole process was new to me, but it was exciting. It was electric. I learned my part and every other part in the entire play. I became sort of this celebrity in the school, especially after rehearsals started, because I just went for it. Even the jocks, the same kids who used to kick me at recess, steal my books and call me names, were inviting me to sit with them at lunch. The coolest kid in school's girlfriend, who played my wife in the play, even gave me a kiss during rehearsals even though it wasn't part of the script. The big night, which was strategically placed on the last day of school, went incredibly. I got a... St- I got a... St- <laughs> nope. I got a standing ovation, which, like, was going to happen even if I sucked because it was school and parents do that kind of stuff. And after the curtain dropped, every other kid in the play came over to tell me how incredible I did and how awesome the whole thing was. Then I woke up the next morning, the debris of my life as an actor floating into thin air. And I went on with the life I had before I became famous because with Bach in the past, recent, but still past, I was now back to being me, which was a nobody. And then he talks about Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I, I'm, I'm calling bullshit. One, Bach? what play about you want Bach Sebastian and, Bach? No, there's what, no what such play thing. Are we talking about here? The, I, the I life. Don't think Bach is a particular. Okay. I don't think he's got like a real sexy story. On yeah. like you know your Mozarts and your. Oh, yeah. it was like a kid, like it's like Bach to the future, and I was like some kid. <laughs> Two, on the the plays on the last day of school. Yep. No. No. Not happening. You don't think Not so? Happening. Not buying it. I thought we had a code word <laughs> that we had come up with when we found a reviewer who just wanted to shine. And like they, this was like their writing. Just to let you know ahead essay. of time. They're, call, they're called you. kites. Yeah. They like to fly high. Aw. Uh, since you guys really liked the uh, You're Gonna Hear Me Squawk, uh, I <laughs> there's nothing funny about the review, but he also reviewed Selma. And his subject line was Red Rover, Red Rover, send Martin Luther King Jr. over. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, brother. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think we got our next two guests lined up. We, we got to start reaching out. We got to start reaching out to these people. Wow. Yeah, he just he takes a phrase and then he just takes something from the movie and just slams them together as if they make sense. Let's head All down right. to Pop Corner. Hippity pop. Pop Corner. Oh, uh, Jesus. This movie gets an O-R-N from me. Just a fucking O-R-N. <laughs> and a little bit of like a, when you're like finally cleaning out your car and you find like, you're vacuuming and there's like, you're like, when the fuck did I eat popcorn? There's like a little popcorn curl in there. That's what this movie is. Just kind of an unpleasant reminder <laughs> of a, a time and you can't quite place why the popcorn's there 
But you're like, well, fuck it. I guess I had a good time at some point. <laughs> I'm giving this film uh, a one of those Christmas tins of popcorn that has like butter. It has cheddar. It has uh, caramel corn. But I'm taking out the dividers in the middle and I'm just shuffling it up. And, yeah. and uh, I am an I am just taking a handful of three distinctly different tastes that don't quite go together, <laughs> but I'm very hungry. I'm so, so hungry. You, you <laughs> bastard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to give this, um, you're in your apartment and it's like late, it's like 11 p.m. and you know, you've had a long day and you're about to go to bed and uh, you can just hear from like the next door neighbor, maybe they're upstairs from you and you just hear like, pop, 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 pop. you're like, oh, the upstairs neighbor's making popcorn. And then it gets like, it builds, it's like, pop, 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 pop. And then it goes on <laughs> for hours. You're like, is he just marathon making popcorn? It's like, just pop, 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 pop. And you go up there and you like knock on the door and there's no popping. And you're like, wait a minute. And then you fucking walk back down. You're like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And then wow. it starts all over again. Pop, 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 pop. I would give this one, um, I would give this a microwave popcorn with uh, melted margarine on top of it. Ew, uh, so, <laughs> so the, the popcorn gets sort of shriveled and disgusting. Uh, that feels like, that feels like something I would eat at my grandmother's house when I was younger because she <laughs> she did not understand what children should eat. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. This just very very much reminds me of of a time that um, uh, that grossed me out cinematically, um, as as would that sort of popcorn. Boy, oh God, Mar- that's that's tw- I've I brought up margarine like last week. Um, because uh, not, I, I already said I got the vaccine, not anti-vax. <laughs> but when I raised some concern about it, and somebody was like, "Hey, it's FDA approved," I was like, "Margarine, <laughs> motherfucker!" Like they just let like any garbage into your body. Like, true. Well, those were all fitting reviews for a fitting movie for this podcast. Shane, mm-hmm. we cannot thank you enough. You are a delight. You are. I want to. I want to th- thank you guys because watching this last night, like halfway through the movie, I almost texted you during the movie, Kevin, because I was just like thrilled to know that three other humans were watching <laughs> this film this week, it, which is probably the most people have watched it cumulatively in the pan- span of a week since the nineties. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a blast. It was a very fun film, and I'm I'm glad that I now have some closure. Uh, and yeah. you have given that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we've ever been thanked yeah. before by the guest. I know. No, I, thank you, Shane. I, I, I had a great finally, time. Finally, I know. Fucking hell, man! Like no guest has ever. Yeah, well, I'm from once. Illinois. You know, we we do that all the time. Shane, uh, where where can our uh, listeners uh, find your stuff? I know you're all over the goddamn place. I. I watched uh, I watched Puppet History last night uh, in oh. preparation, and I gotta I gotta say uh, your design aesthetic is so pleasing, and oh. like it's it's really it's really nice to uh, uh, really a really nice feast for the senses. Uh, oh, I thank am- you. Yeah, uh, Puppet History is. Uh, I, I'm surprised it's um, 
landed well, and I'm happy that it has because a couple summers ago before it came out, it was just me sitting in our apartment m- making a lot of puppets and my parents would be like, what are you working on? And I'd be like, <laughs> I'm making a puppet show. And they were like, and you quit your job? And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm um, making so. a puppet show and someday <laughs> they'll be real. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but yeah, we uh, puppet history, the season's wrapping up. It's over on uh, youtube.com slash watcher. Um, so that's all over there. Uh, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, that's my big <laughs> self-hype. I nailed it. Yeah, you said that you were bad at it. And I got to say, you did a passable job, Shane. Congrats- <laughs> congratulations on exceeding my expectations. Uh, so yeah, go go to watch your follow it. Uh, we are doing Twitch streams every Wednesday at 6. So join us there and follow us, Cable Boys Pod. Uh, same with Instagram. Subscribe and give us a rating. Uh, or just give us a compliment uh, <laughs> sent to our DMs. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, I guess uh, to listeners here and abroad, uh, eat shit, uh, die, stay tuned. <laughs>